Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. This is Eugenia and Toya and welcome to Woke Doctor Who. So before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to make a special announcement. The two of us will be at Dragon Con this year. Yay! (laughs) On Friday and Saturday, we will be at Dragon Con and we're super excited. We're hoping that if you see us milling about that you'll stop us and chat with us and let us know that you're listening in to the podcast. If you want to look out for us, it'll be a very short black lady with kind of lavender and pink hair and a short Asian lady with green hair. Now, keep in mind, you're at Dragon Con. (laughs) So there's likely to be black women and Asian women of every persuasion with every color of hair. So you might walk up on a couple of them who are not us. If you do, please tell them about our podcast and suggest that they listen and keep trying until you find the real ones. We will be accompanied by my 14 year old daughter who looks a lot like me, except more surly. So today um, we will be discussing the past season. And I know we're a little behind because, you know, summer happened and lives happened. <laughs> <laughs> so all of y'all must have already done your your own wrap up episodes or heard your own other podcast wrap up episodes but we like ours <laughs> and you've never heard our take on yes. it yet so yes and our take on it which we have entitled uh it's going to tell you everything in the mm. title which is screw season 10 the, the episode, episode. <laughs> yes screw season 10 that gives yeah. you just a little bit of a hint about what the following <laughs> episode is going to sound like it's true and it's sad so this episode Oh, this season, sorry, this episode, this season started out strong. Like, Mm. we really, like, I think that almost the entire fan base really, really loved um, Pearl Mackey as Bill. Yes. Um, And it was really great for us as women of color to see, you know, a black woman with natural hair and a lesbian. It was amazing. It was so great. Like, she, she, um, like, stars, 10 stars, five stars for representation. I don't know. I Both. just sort of grabbed a number. Both. She can have 15 yeah. stars. 15 Why not? 15 stars. Yes. So we we had high hopes yes. going into this season. Yeah. And I still love Bill as a character. I still love Pearl Mackey as an actress. And it started out in a very hopeful manner. And then it kind of all went tits up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So... And it's one of those things where it's frustrating because it was kind of our chance to love Peter Capaldi, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been such a fan of his as an actor for so long because I think the first thing I ever saw him in was um, Neverwhere in the, like, I think it was a BBC adaptation of it. Mm. And he was fantastic. And I also had a crush on him. But <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was really, I felt like even with the first episode this season that this was finally our chance yeah. to love Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And throughout the rest of the season, it just never really got there. No. And and I was disappointed, too, because I thought, you know, any moments where I wasn't particularly pleased with Capaldi's um, portrayal of the doctor, I blamed it on Clara. <laughs> you know, I really thought to myself, well, it might be because of the pairing of the doctor and Clara. And maybe once Clara is gone, I'll feel differently about the doctor and so I went into this season really hopeful really hopeful that it would be a brand new start for him as the character of the doctor and really hopeful 
that his relationship with a new companion would be one that felt good to me, uh, both as a viewer in general and as a viewer of color who was super happy to see a black woman with an Afro on the TARDIS because I am a black woman with an Afro. And so I was really looking forward to this season and I am more than a little disappointed um, with how it all turned out. Yeah. So let's start to dig in and and try to unpack the the things that we saw because I mean the big the big issue that I had with the season on top of some of the more serious things that we're going to bring up later is the fact that none of it felt very memorable mm. and none of it felt like as joyful yes. as I want Doctor Who to be. Yes. And it's frustrating because I think so much of TV and so much of entertainment is going towards the shock value, mm-hmm. you know, and that's great if you start a show out with that goal. If right. that's your vision at the start, just like how it is with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like everyone, you know, is expecting their favorites to get car- uh, killed off or they know that at some point their favorites might get killed off and that they're going to be sad and right. they're still surprised. But that shock value is part of the vision yeah, of the show. That's part of the point. Yeah. yeah. I don't see that a lot of what we saw this season is really the vision of Doctor Who through time yeah. at all. Um, and, and it's frustrating because a lot of times after I watched an episode, I would sit there and go, what did I just watch? Like, this is a show I don't recognize. I And I've been watching this show my entire life. And that's a really kind of depressing thing when you sit there and go... Like, what, what is this? Like, I, you, there are things that you go back to for escapism and yes. for nostalgia and for just like making Happiness. you feel happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We want to be happy. And there's a lot in our world that can make us very unhappy at this point. So why, why would you take that away from us? <laughs> right. And I haven't been a, a, a Hoovy in my entire life. As you all know, I'm pretty new to the Hooniverse as it goes. Um, but I felt the exact same way. Having binged watched my way through all of the seasons of the kind of reboot of Doctor Who. One of the things that was a through line for me was that even when there were particularly dark episodes, the show itself was not a dark show. There were always moments of levity. There were always moments of joy. There were always episodes that were just fully happy episodes. It felt like an escape from the slog of daily life. And yet this season didn't feel that way at all. It felt super dark and overwhelmingly heavy and sad and angry and as if it was just a whole part of the crap that's going on in the world right now like there was nothing about it that gave us moments of joy away from what we're um, experiencing and in fact so much of it seemed to play right into what we're seeing uh, in the world at large which we'll talk about a little later Um, and so that made it very hard for me this season I think this is the very first season where it felt like a job to watch this and I really thought to myself if I knew we weren't going to be recording episodes I probably wouldn't watch all of this season I would probably just stop because Mm -hmm. it became not enjoyable for me anymore and I was watching them just to say I did just so I could take notes and remember what happened so that we could talk about it later and that's not fun you know um podcasting is fun but the reason why we do this podcast is because we're fans of this show and when it becomes hard to become fans of the show then it becomes hard to be podcasters about the show and so yeah it's not very fun I I said to Eugenia before we started recording this isn't going to be a nice episode (laughs) (laughs) it's fun for us because we enjoy each other and we enjoy talking to each other and talking to you guys Um, but it's not a joy to talk about a show that hasn't that is no longer looking like the show we knew. Right. Yeah. And I think that we all have our theories about why this show <laughs> did what it did this season. <laughs> and we are going to dive into one of them right, right. now. Yeah. Um, so I think several of us that that are Sherlock fans. Mm. Um, I, Toya, I think you're more of a Sherlock fan than I am. I have not even watched this season yet. Mm. So my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so... Uh, several people that we know and Toya yourself have described this past season of Sherlock as being a really big departure as well. And we can't forget that the person running the show and running Sherlock is actually the same person running Doctor Who. Mm. So Stephen Moffat. Mm. Um, And so 
everything that I was hearing, and you can definitely go further into this because I'm like, yeah, I heard everyone talking about this, yeah. but I didn't watch it because I didn't feel like it. <laughs> but that that's an indication right there right. of kind of what the problem is right. here. Yeah. Right. And so um, there, there definitely seems to have been um, something that happened with Stephen Moffat mm-hmm. and like... It's funny because we've all been there, right? We've all been there when we are in a job that we don't like anymore mm-hmm. and we start coming in late, we start being surly in meetings, yep. we stop doing the things that we're supposed to because we just don't want that job anymore. And so a lot of times, like, you know, uh, managers can tell. Yes. <laughs> managers can tell when someone's already one foot out the door. And every, every single time this season there was, if with Doctor Who and the last season of Sherlock where something felt out of character for the show, I was like, oh, he's one foot out the door. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it absolutely did feel that way for me, uh, with Doctor Who. When we were taking our notes, I actually wrote down, does Moffat hate the show? <laughs> and that's, that's how it feels. It feels very much like he has gotten too good for the show or too big for it. Or maybe he's just bored. You know, maybe he's been doing it so long that he's now just bored with it and couldn't come up with anything else other than what we were given. But what was very clear to me is that he no longer took joy in being the showrunner. Yeah. Um, Because there's no way that he could have loved this job. It's no way he could have loved this show and given us what he gave us this season. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, of course, we don't know him personally, and we can't say that he absolutely detests <laughs> the show. But what we can see is his, is the evidence of what he did. And it doesn't look like love to me. It, it surely doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like somebody who looked at it and thought, this is my baby. This is something I'm proud of. It really felt kind of half-assed and like you just threw some things together for shock and awe. Um just so just to say you did it mm-hmm. and that you could it was really clear you were on your way out right yeah right so um let's still <laughs> with all that and we will be building our case yeah <laughs> throughout yeah. this episode about why we're mad at Stephen Moffat right <laughs> you know we have to you know we've reached the time we've reached the point in our development as a society where we even have to give reasons right. for our feelings right and so even we though can't just we can't say feel, we don't like him yeah we feel we're <laughs> mad at him and we feel we don't like him we gotta give evidence we right. gotta give rece- what was it we gotta keep the receipts right we have receipts <laughs> so um, while there are people out there like us who don't particularly care for Moffat there are going to be people who are fans of his and that's an absolutely legitimate thing to be as well so don't think that since we the two of us aren't particular fans at this point that we're saying that if you disagree with us you're absolutely wrong and we're right (laughs) but we do have a distinct point of view and we're going to kind of give you our case for why we think Moffat is just he didn't do his best work on this last season yeah so so we still, even with all that, we, we still want to point out the things that were attempts. Yes. <laughs> attempts on his part to make the show better. Yes. Or make the show good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so from pretty much the very first episode, we were already seeing many more people of color on yes. the show. Which was good. We, like, are, there, we are happy about that. Yes. We had the episode where, um, the, <laughs> what I was calling the, uh, the United Colors of Benetton house. House. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, where, yeah. where Bill moved in with, um, what was it? It was, uh, an Asian woman, yes. an East Asian woman, uh, a South Asian woman. Yes. Uh, what was the, the half Asian man? Um, and then to one white British guy yes. and then one Polish guy, Pavel. Yes. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the United Colors yeah. of Benetton and House. Some folks were gay and some yes, folks were not that's right. gay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was very nice. Yes. It was very nice to have kind of a rainbow coalition of folks at, in the house. And so that was good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were people of color populated throughout the season. And of course we had Pearl on the TARDIS and that was great. And so we were very happy about that. That yes. is a step in a positive direction. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely really good to see. However, mm. <laughs> well, okay. So I will start out by saying, um, it was interesting to see the, for the very first time really in the show, um, them actually call out racism. Yes. So I think the episode with the big fish mm-hmm. <laughs> and they went to, um, 
Victorian, Victorian England. England yeah. um, we actually had for possibly the first time in the show, uh, someone in the show being racist to a black character. Yes. We hadn't yes. seen it before. Um, we'd seen a lot of that, the racism actually be erased. Um, yes. so I keep remembering back to the Shakespeare code episode with Martha <sighs> where they, he said, you know, Oh, I think you'd find that it's not as racist as you think. Right. No, uh, I well, don't think we'd find that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Thanks 10, but no, yeah, no. we know. <laughs> Mm-mm. So, um, so it was good to see, um, the, see the racism actually be called out. Yes. Yes. Which, yeah, it's great. Um, however, however, <laughs> some of those attempts really didn't work. No. So, um, so after that one attempt at racism erasure, we had the episode, um, with the, oh, yeah, that was the episode with, um, the Victorians in, on Mars. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then, so there was the, uh, the black Victorian man, I believe, and he had a white sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't really think that that's quite so likely to have happened. And if it had happened, nobody would just kind of be ho-hum. That's just a normal everyday thing to have happened. And yes, we recognize this is a science fiction show. It's a fantasy show and we could kind of act like (laughs) we kind of act like it would have been fine, but you can't in one instance say during this time period in history, um, this man would have been wildly racist against Bill. And then on the other hand, say at a similar time period in history or at at the same time, a black man and a white woman would have been living together and it would have been completely fine. They would have been in a romance and nobody would have thought anything of it. Yeah. And everything about that, too, was just sort of odd because yes. when it comes down to it, like he had a picture. He yes. had a picture of her. <laughs> the only people that had pictures of them in Victorian England were, were wealthier. Yeah, wealthy people. And so right. there's no way that there would be a wealthy white woman from a good family mm-hmm. in Victorian England that Dating had a a, yeah, a black boyfriend that's yeah. not even even not now even now yeah. there are issues yeah. with that right so, it's like yeah. at this point people are still irked about the fact that prince harry has <laughs> oh my god has right. a black girlfriend. <laughs> i didn't even realize yeah right yeah. right so and that's in 2017 like yeah. people are like should she be invited to family events and things of that nature and so no we don't think that in victorian england that would have happened and everything would have been just fine and above board and nobody would have thought that this was a huge conflama to use a word that i like <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing too because like you know it's it's fine to be like, oh, it's a fantasy show because they were on Mars and, you know, there were no Victorians on Mars. Cool. Yeah. But when you're pulling from history. Right. You, it's really important that you don't iron over the things that actually, you know, were the markers of that historical time period. Like, right. that's the real part. And that's the part that you can't be like, no, everything was fine. Because it's societies. Soci- it's just not how societies work. Like, we know how past societies lived their mm-hmm. lives. And so you can't, you can't pull the rug out from under us and be like, no, look, no. it really History happened this is a way. Thing. History yeah. is a thing. And we already know what happened. We know what happened historically. We know what's happening now. Right. You know, those relationships are still giving us side eye and a severe one in many cases and so no we're not going to act like hundreds of years ago it would have been just fine and if you're going to delve into the topics of racism classism and so forth then you have to do it you have to go all the way in you can't just kind of tip a toe into it and then back all the way out and act like you know we thought we were going to try to deal with this racism thing we've given it another thought and no screw it we're just not we're going to ignore the fact that Pearl is a black woman on the TARDIS and that they're going into the past and all this kind of stuff and we're just going to we're going to smooth over it entirely And in fact, they tried to do, Hmm. they tried to half-ass their discussion about racism by making the blue people throughout the season the only targets, outside of those few episodes, um, the only targets of racism. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm really, you know, being someone who has watched sci-fi my entire life, I'm really, really, really sick and tired of them using aliens, using fantasy aliens to discuss racism instead of just 
talking about racism. Right. Just talk about there it. There are actual people here who are yeah. affected by it. Like, hi, black people exist. You yeah. know, Asian people exist. <laughs> there are people who are actually affected by racism every day. And those people are now present on your TARDIS. And you can really just kind of deal with that. Mm-hmm. We don't need the blue man group stand-ins <laughs> for for people who are actually in minority groups. We don't need that. You could actually just kind of sack up and deal with racism. <laughs> we could actually just t- kind of talk about it and it would be, it would be much more effective and it would mean more to those of us who are viewers who deal with that every day and would like to see it addressed. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be escapist fiction where we're not going to deal with the ills of society, then we have to ignore them all completely. Or if you're going to do it, don't be tepid about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Just, we're just going full it. Nike and just, yeah, just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. <laughs> and no, there are going to be mis, there are going to be missteps. It's not ever going to be completely right, but I would have more respect, um, for just kind of jumping into it and seeing what happens than ignoring it. Right. Yeah. And we know one of the big reasons why mm-hmm. there are going to be missteps. Yes. Because, uh, hmm, let's, let's think about how many bli- uh, black writers mm. we know of in these writers' rooms. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> and so when we talk about representation, people often think that, uh, we just mean we want to be seen on screen, which by the way, is completely important. So no, neither one of us is saying, you know, none of us want to be seen on the TARDIS. Of course we do. We want to be represented on the TARDIS. We want to be represented in the worlds to which they travel and the time periods to which they travel. That is all very important. Everybody wants to be seen their self to have themselves seen on screen. Representation does matter. However, if the writing rooms, if the showrunners don't also reflect the diversity of the world, the messages that are given about those of us of color are going to be the world of minorities as seen through the eyes of white men. And it's always going to go left. It's never going to be right because you haven't had the lived experience. And so if you're going to tell the stories of people, you kind of want to have the people present in order to be able to tell their own stories. No, there is not one monolithic black experience. No, there's not one monolithic Asian experience. People come from all over. They are diasporas. You know, Asian is not a country. African is not a country, right? (laughs) And so they're always going to be different points of view. But if you're telling the story of a black British woman, having a black British woman in the writing room is a good idea. If you're going to tell the the stories of a black American person, having a black American person writing, if you're going to tell the story of a Chinese person, have a Chinese person writing, you know, those things are noticeable. We can tell. Those of us who have lived it can tell when somebody who hasn't is writing the story. Yeah, and we're seeing good examples of this like mm. in other forms of media. So like as an example, um the Black Panther movie that's coming out mm. next year, which we're both really excited about. <laughs> like the director is black. Mm-hmm. Um I think at least a large portion of the writers are yes, black and yes. the entire and the cast, cast is black. Yes. And, um, and I just saw an ad today for an upcoming Pixar movie mm. called Coco, huh. which is about, uh, it seems to de- deal with Dia de los Muertos a little bit. Oh, okay. And, um, it looks really pretty. And, um, like I looked up the cast mm-hmm. and they're all Latino or Spanish, like right. all Hispanic is Hispanic or Latino. And I, and I think the writer or the director was too. Good. And that's important. It's important. It's really important because you can't, especially with things like animated movies, like it's very easy to be like, Oh, put on an accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can tell. We can tell. Didn't get it yeah. Right. We can tell. And so it does. It means so much for us to be represented and to be seen, but we also want to be able to tell our own stories. Right. You know, we want to be given the ability to do that. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see, particularly when we get to the point that we're discussing the last episode. Uh, ugh, I, I'm, I'm already uh, yeah. getting in my feelings before we're even talking yeah. about it. But we will see why um, having a black woman 
uh, as one of the stars is not good enough because we'll see what they did <laughs> with that black woman <laughs> and talk about why that was so hard for us. Uh, but I think we have other topics that yes. we're going to get through before we get to that yes. point. So we're going to take a little detour into, um, so we always have like one baddie a season, right? Like yeah. one baddie that kind of rules the season. Mm-hmm. If, if it's the Daleks or the Cybermen yes. or the Weeping Angels or the Silence or whoever. Right. Um, so it seemed like they were trying to make, uh, the monks. Right. Um, the, uh, the big, the bads. big bads this season. Yeah. And so, this was a very interesting, uh, a very interesting story be- <laughs> because when you think about what the monks did, yeah. so the monks, you know, basically inserted themselves into our, our lives. Yes. Um, and, you know, the whole like weird thoughts around them were that, oh, they've always been they've here. Always been here. Yeah. So, um, this, it's so funny because watching it, it took me an episode because the first episode, I'm not sure I was paying attention because I think I was already bored. I definitely but- <laughs> wasn't paying attention. There was a point where I thought to myself, I have to go back and rewatch because I, all of this just went over my head. Right. I was so bored by it. Right. And so, um, but it took me an episode to realize that, oh my God, they are the physical embodiment of fake, fake news. news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally what we are seeing in the US and possibly in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. With um, this weird labeling, like truth and yes. labeling anything you don't like as, as fake, fake news, news yeah. and you know reinserting your own idea of what reality is, right? Instead, in its yes. place, um, yeah, this is definitely pulled straight from the headlines. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and <laughs> I mean. We don't, I was going to say we don't make this show political, but that's not even true. (laughs) Like the personal is the political, right? Yes. And so, yeah, when we are living in now, we're living in an era when um, something can happen right before your very eyes and you're told that that's not at all. What you just saw is not at all what happened. And here's the story that you should be believing. Um, it is disconcerting to see that exact same thing kind of happening on screen. <laughs> and what I think of is one of my happy places to right. get away from the shenanigans of the world. And you, if you remember back to our first episode, mm. we actually brought this up like as, you yes. know, what is this show now going to be yes. in this current era? In the current administration. Yeah. yeah. If, of both, you know, Brexit, of Trump. Yes. Like, you know, what is the show that is the opposite of anything mm-hmm. either of those movements we'll stands for? Yeah. yeah. And so it's very interesting to have seen it immediately in yes, this season. Immediately on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did find that very interesting. I found it very interesting that Moffat would bring it up, would talk about it, um, would have it represented on screen. Uh, but that did also lead us to think about the show and how willing it is to kind of point out the speck in somebody else's eye without really considering the log in their own. And so how willing are they to kind of dig into and talk about the ills of our society and our meaning uh, United States society? Um, because of course, as you listen to us, as you can hear in our voices, <laughs> and as we said in our first episode, we are seeing this show not only through the eyes of a black person and an Asian person, but in the eyes of through the eyes of two American people. And so we're kind of on the outside a little bit looking into a show which, while it has become a world worldwide phenomenon, is still a British show. And is this... Uh, a British showrunner and British writers who are kind of picking at the ills of American societies without so much wanting to dig into the issues that they have in their own land, you yes. know, because racism is not something that's unique to America. <laughs> Fake news is not something that's unique to us. Like we are, we can also see what's happening around the rest of the globe. Um, and I've actually talked to quite a few, uh, English people. I'm always, I'm always kind of at odds for when to use English and when to use British. British. And I think English, English means people who are specifically from England mm-hmm. and British means anybody from the United Kingdom. Is that what the difference is? Yes. 
I yes. Think, I don't okay. know. Okay. We're, we're putting, we're putting question mark on yes. Yes. So, okay. So I've talked to quite a few English people who say, oh, no, no, no. Our issues here aren't race. Our issues are class. But it's always a white English person who says that. If you talk to English people of color, they absolutely say that there are issues of race there as well. Um, and so it, it's just kind of very interesting that while Trump is a huge stain on the face of America. Do not get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's a huge stain on the face of America. And I am not at all opposed to other people um, picking it apart and pointing it out because it is it's there for folks to see how willing are they to actually delve into their own stuff? Because we just said it wouldn't have been very cute for black and white folks to be dating in the Victorian era. So why are we acting like um, it's all those people? Yeah. All of their mess. It's that mess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting because, you know, it's, it's funny to think about how like where, the complexity of Brexit, because, you know, I had to have Brexit explained to me several mm-hmm, times, mm-hmm. Um, how complex that is versus how really straightforward this, this oh, yeah. issue is in the yeah. U.S., um, how what how much that plays into it, as well as how globalized. <laughs> and it's so funny because mm-hmm. we're literally talking about a administration that is a nationalist administration yeah. that wants to focus on us, how globalized the like. American culture is. Yes. And how easy it is for literally anyone around the world to just say fake news, fake news, fake news. Yeah. You know, or what was the other thing? Uh, oh, alternative facts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so how, like, is it how viral it can yes. go? Yes. Is that one of the reasons why you're talking about it? And how complex your own country's issues are? Mm-hmm. That's why you're, you'd rather talk about ours because it's all bad. Right. It's just that ours <laughs> is easier is. to describe in a sci-fi uh, yeah. show yeah, for it families. Is. It you know? is. <laughs> so I, it, you know, I don't know necessarily where it comes from, but there's a part of me that is like, you know what? It's just a little offended. Like, mind your own garden. You yeah. know, you sweep my own yard. Own, yeah. <laughs> mind your own garden before you come looking at ours. You right, know? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and, and like, again, yeah, it's easy for us to say, but you know, we're living under this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're living under the regime. So, um, it is, it's a bit of a tender spot <laughs> for, for us to have it kind of picked at by our favorite show. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. But I mean, I can't say that I was like, well, you're wrong because they're not wrong. <laughs> They're not wrong. So. Yes, it's true. Um, so yeah, I think that, um, it's, it's just like, I, even not knowing where it comes from, it's still, it's still like, I, I feel like it's something that it was snuck in, you know, mm. they kind of like, I feel like this is not something like, of course, you know, they might have been planning to, to put in this like lies of the land, like crazy monk things, right. like from the beginning of the show, but maybe like, I don't know, maybe they upped the ante and decided to really um force the direct references. Yeah. Like because of what they saw happening. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, but it, like we said, it's just you know it just sticks with us a little bit because yeah. we're like, hey, don't point the finger at us. We see quite a few problems with your stuff here. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I wrote something down. I don't remember why I said it, but I like it so much. I'm going to say it now. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Let's see if we remember. <laughs> so I, I wrote down uh, people plus technology minus humanity. I do not remember what this was in yes, reference yes. to. <laughs> and I think what we, what it, and I have a little bit more in my, in my notes, but it, what I wrote is that that is what uh, a mundane, that w- that's what causes mundane evils. And so we have all of this technology, we have all of the ability to say and produce any kinds of things. But if you take the humanity out of it, if you stop caring, if you stop having empathy for other people, it's what leads to the rise of folks like who is sitting in office right now. And I don't mean just the president. I mean, there are so many people in office um, who also are of that same ilk. Um, and it leads to what I think of as mundane evils right so they're not out there well hmm 
we wrote these notes before Charlottesville. Happened, oh, well, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what we were talking about is that at the time was, you know, they're not out there with pitchforks and, you know, <laughs> and scream- torches. Yeah. And torches, tiki torches, <laughs> by the way. Like, come on. If, if you don't want us here, don't use our stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tiki torches. Let, let those stay in people's backyards. Okay. They should only be really like, give them a break. All right. Stop wiping out Home Depot. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, what we were saying is that this is what can cause people to kind of say, Oh, it's not as bad as you thought it was. You know, nobody's out there with swastikas. Nobody's in the KKK. Nobody's. And now what we're seeing is absolutely people are out there with swastikas. Absolutely. People are loud and proud white supremacists. Absolutely. There are people in the KKK and Nazis and every other flavor of deplorable who is out there. Um, more than happy to uh jeer and sneer and carry literal torches and i'm surprised there weren't a few pitchforks um and and basically do mob rule and wreak havoc and terrorize entire cities and so yes there are people who are blatantly evil like it's not what when you allow mundane evil um, it also leads to the rise of people who are willing to be blatantly evil until they're caught on camera and they lose their job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that's where we were going when we kind of wrote yeah. that down. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, um, one of the reasons why like I, I looked at it and was like, yes, that's true. But why? Um, I think one of the, the things that the, one of the points that this season may have been trying to make, mm. um, really was this concept of, you know, people pl- plus technology yeah. minus humanity. Um, you know, a lot, we saw this plot with, um, the, the monks. Yes. We saw it with the emoji episode. Yes. <laughs> that actually was one of the very few episodes that I liked, I liked a lot. It too. But yeah. And then you can actually make that case with the Cybermen as yes. well. That yes. is literally and that's what's happening. Literally what it is. It's people and technology with all of the humanity. Yeah. And then we also see it all over Twitter, all over social media, all over Reddit, all over 4chan. People plus technology minus humanity is a really bad, really bad problem. Yeah. And so if that's one of our main takeaways from this season, I think it's probably good (laughs) that we call it out because it is literally the word world we're living in right now. Yes. And so, yeah, I think that, um, you know, if that's the one good thing we can think of from this season, (laughs) we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. So like, yes, the United Colors of Benetton house plus this, this concept. Right. We'll take it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you for that much. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So now, so now I think one of the, now comes the time with the yelling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so now that we've talked about all of the good things that we think came out of this season, if you can call the things we just said good things, we'll talk about all the absolutely bad things that came out of the season and why we call this screw season 10. Yep. Okay. So, um, how many black adult characters have there been under Moffat's reign on the show? Under Moffat, there have been, uh, Bill. Mm-hmm. And there have been Danny. Mm-hmm. And how many of those characters are now Cybermen? Uh, well, let's see. There has been Bill. <laughs> and there has been Danny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this is the problem. And yeah. so we, of course, we can't not mention that um, there has been another named black character um, yes. under Moffat, which was Clara's student, student whose name I now forget. Yeah, me too. But, <laughs> but she isn't an adult. No, she is and not an adult. she didn't become one of the bigger characters of the show in the way that Danny and then Bill did become. Yes. So this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a very big problem. It is definitely a big problem. And a lot of it is like... You know, when you, when it's not an issue that you deal with every day, Mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, (laughs) I'm laughing at Sarah's 
<laughs> we have a teenager making faces next to us. Uh, it's kind of great. It's a really great uh, sign off for what we're saying. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a relief to it be is. able to laugh in the middle of this mess. So, yeah. so when it's something you don't deal with, when it's a when it's a you know an oblique issue, mm-hmm. like oh, huh. One of those huh issues. It's, you know, you'll probably look at it and register that it, it, you know, oh, it happened. Yeah. Oh, huh. But when it's something that you, um, that you see and immediately get upset mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. um, so I will just say, um, you know, from a personal perspective. So my husband is black and, um, uh, being Asian, um, I, you know, a lot of the fears that, someone that I cared about and loved um, might not come home yeah. one day, um, you know, and through no fault of their own. Right. Um, is something that I really came to late yeah. later in my life. It's yeah. not something I grew up with. And so um, the first time this really became really a reality for me was um, when Trayvon Trayvon Martin was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time that I went, Oh my God, like yeah. a black guy got mm-hmm. killed. A black kid got killed. And that could have easily been my husband. That could have mm-hmm. easily been someone I care about. Like, what what is this world I've walked into? And I had to talk to a lot of people to like mm-hmm. really understand my own feelings. I ended up talking to my mother-in-law and and she was just sort of, you know, her reaction, my husband's reaction really helped me understand that this is my life now, you know, right. that I was suddenly going to have to be worried that my like the person I love the most in my life was just not going to be there. Mm-hmm. as a possibility in my yeah. life like it never even occurred to me so when you um when you see so when you're coming from that perspective and when you see something like bill getting turned into a cyberman and the whole the plots that came out from that mm-hmm. um it's it's really earth shattering it's really upsetting i will say yeah. cuz a world shattering not earth shattering i guess is yeah. what i mean because um <laughs> It didn't take long. Like, it was already upsetting me that it happened. And then when we saw Bill in that barn mm-hmm. being kept away from people yep. um, because they were frightened of her um, and her not being able to react emotionally yes. to anything, um, it was a really upsetting thing. Like, I ended up stopping it and bursting into tears. Mm-hmm. And that's... Obviously, that's not what I want from my escapist fiction show. Right. Of course. And so, okay. So, Eugenia came to this later in her life. I have lived this life. Yeah. Right. So, I've always lived with the possibility that the people I love most in the world aren't going to come home. Um, I've always lived with the fact that my father and brother and uncles and the men that I love are probably seen as the world's biggest monsters. I've always lived with the fact that uh, as a black woman, um, I live under the shadows, both of racism and of sexism. And so I'm living two horrors <laughs> every day. Um, I live with the fact that Trayvon and Mike and Sandra and Ayana and so many of the names upon names, the countless ones of us um, who have been slaughtered look like the people I love best in the world or look like me. You know, um, I can see them reflected in my face, in my daughter, in my family members. Um, and I live with the trope of the angry black woman. Right. So. Eugenia watched the episode before I did um, the last episode. And I told you earlier as we were talking that it was really hard for me to get through the season because it just became so dark and so heavy. And um, and we're, we're sounding sober right now because this was an entirely uh, emotionally fraught thing for both of us. Um, and I actually got a message from Eugenia that, 
kind of said, did you watch the last episode yet? And I said, no, I haven't watched it. Why? What's going on? And she says, uh, let me know when you do, because I'm pretty sure that there's something that's going to affect you. If not in the exact same way it affected me, it's going to hit you just as hard. And I didn't even need her to tell me what that thing was, because when it happened, it knocked the wind out of me the same way it knocked the wind out of her um, for both the same reason and for a different reason. Like I said, I am a black woman and I live with the angry black woman trope, which basically means I'm not allowed to emotionally react to anything without being seen as a danger. Right. Um, both because women are expected to be nice and because black people are seen as inherently dangerous. And so um, black people, black women who are anything other than docile, who are anything other than nice, are seen as angry and dangerously so. And so to see that this black woman um, only the second black companion um, ever, the second black woman companion ever was made into a literal monster was locked up in a barn <laughs> with all of the imagery of slavery that that evokes was told to her face that she was a monster and that all of the other innocent people around her was, were afraid of her. And then was literally shot at and had to say from her own lips, I understand. I will not watch that episode again. And for a moment, I thought to myself, I will not watch this show again because that is just more than a hair too far. To have been made a monster, the reflection of myself to have been made a monster and then to be shot at on sight and to have that black woman say to that white woman who shot at her, I understand why you would do that. There's no excuse. There's nothing anybody could say to me. There's no explanation that Moffat fans or Moffat himself could give me that would make that okay with me. Um, it's unforgivable. It's unforgivable to me. It's unforgivable to other black people. It's unforgivable. It should be unforgivable to everybody, particularly now when daily you're hearing of a black person being shot through no fault of their own daily you're hearing about it and yet it didn't occur to you that that was a bad idea and this is what we mean when we say that just seeing us on screen isn't enough right because having bill there is a step in the right direction, but it's not enough of a step. If the person who's writing her story is a white man and it never occurred to him that we cannot portray both the erasure of her literal humanity, the making of a monster out of her. And if it's never occurs to him that it is blatantly wrong and cruel and hateful for her to say that she understands why wiping her off the face of the earth would be better than having a white woman afraid. There is no excuse. There's no excuse for it. And so there's no way to make that nice. There's no way for us. And you know, the two of us are giggly. We tend to laugh through this, this podcast a lot because we enjoy the show and we enjoy each other. There's no way to find levity in that moment. No. There's no way to make it okay. And so even if we had loved the rest of the season, which we didn't, mm -mm. that's the lasting impression that you give us. The lasting impression that you give us is that you feel totally fine with casting black people as monsters who are deserving of their own deaths. That is what you left us with. And so, yeah, screw this season. Yeah. And I feel 
totally fine in saying, screw Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And I would say it to his face because there's no way (laughs) that you're going to make that okay with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there isn't much more. (laughs) There isn't much more to say to it besides that. No. Yeah. No, there really isn't. And when it comes down to it, like, you know, it really did, uh, it really left like a like a lasting yeah mark on the show like honestly yeah. and yeah. where do you go from where there you, yeah and it's so frustrating because like why like i keep it, so many of the things that we're seeing um like the the confederate show that they're planning or whatever it is God. like who thought this was a good idea mm. literally who thought this was a good idea like Honestly, it's not just, oh, you're making it about race or, uh, it is literally you are ripping from our own hearts, mm-hmm. from, from the headlines, from our hearts, the things that we fear the most. Yeah. And putting it on a show as that entertainment, we, as entertainment, that's unacceptable. Yeah. It's absolutely unacceptable. And it's not even just what we're fearing. It's what's happening. It is literally what's it's happening. Literally what's yeah. happening. And you're saying this is what you should be looking to for entertainment. I can see black people dying around me all day, every day in the real world. I really don't need to hop on the TARDIS to travel someplace to watch another black woman being killed. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything great to me. And it doesn't say anything great to me about what those people, what those writers think of people who look like me. And no, I don't feel hopeful about the fact that, you know, I've seen people say, well, in some way, Bill still exists, you know, because she went off with Heather. Yeah, Heather. Um, No, that doesn't make me feel better either. It doesn't. It doesn't. What you did is what you did and Mm -hmm. you said it and you did it and it's there and there's no way to ease over that or put you know some balm on it and make it better it's it's not it's not better and so you know even with all the hopefulness of the changes for next season it is going to be very hard for me to try to step a foot back in and the only thing you know the joy the joy of having a female doctor even that is tainted Mm -hmm. Um, and the only thing that makes me think give it a chance is not the female doctor it's the fact that there will be an entirely new showrunner yep yep and so that's it the only thing i can think is please do better yeah please do better than he did and even in this case there's still a white male showrunner even if he's a new one Mm -hmm. he's still a white male showrunner and Ugh, I'm I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried too, and I'm I'm still I'm I'm holding on to hope. Yeah, because of um, yeah, well, because of a couple things. Yeah, because you know, uh, we did we did strangely kind. We did have a couple black characters in Broadchurch yes. that had real lives. Yes, that had real motivations mm-hmm. and were real players in the show. And I did, I did, and do like Broadchurch. Yes. and so that gives me a tiny bit of hope. Yes, yeah. And then on top, the other thing that's giving me slight hope is that Chris Chibnall was the showrunner for Torchwood as well. Mm. And so I do think that that show, even though I am still thinking about it, and I was like, there really wasn't a male. Like they they had a little bit of a United Colors of Benetton Thing. cast, yeah. mm-hmm. but they didn't have a black man no. on the show. No, and I was wondering about that. And I, I haven't. I've only seen about three seasons of Torchwood so mm-hmm. far, and I'm like, is there ever one? Mm, wasn't Mackay Pfeiffer? Oh, and, but that's after it was a whole new thing. Oh, it's Torchwood. Okay. Why do I want to say a new earth? But I don't think that's was exactly it. Was it children it. of earth or something? Might, maybe. Okay. Something like that. And so that, that was after the, I wanted to say the basic show, but you know what yes, I mean? The main, yes, the main, the main, the main series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it seems like at the very least, um, before, you know, it became like, so much of an issue. I mean, it's not so much of an issue. Before everyone, before more people became, as we use the term, woke, mm-hmm. you know, it was already, there were already um, inklings of him caring yes. about people of color. Yeah. You know, like, so what, so I'm holding on to that hope mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I need to hold on to this hope because it's not just like, it's, 
with something like this, and I think a lot of fans would feel the same way, it's not just a TV show and we should just watch something else. Like, and I use quotes for that. Yes. But it's that this is something that's a part of me. Like, yes. it's hard not to, like, like really, um, abandon something that you feel like is a part yes, of your life yeah, you yeah. know like i i think that for me like doctor who did shape me a lot and mm-hmm. the funny thing is like i will always be connected to doctor who because my last name is who yeah. <laughs> i do i do tease about yeah. that a little bit and i was trying to get my doctorate yes. at one point like and i at literally some point, call her doctor who. yeah That's so a at funny. some point i could be doctor, <laughs> doctor who. who my father yes. is doctor who so <laughs> i like there's there's a big part of the show that i am connected to and yeah. it's, you know and it's it's not going to be easy yes to just sort of cut it out of my life Definitely. you know I mean, and of course, like, of course, Eugenia and I have become friends and would stay friends if we stopped watching Doctor Who. But yes, it's something that both of us care about. We're passionate about. We're invested in. It's something that a big part of our friendship has been about is about uh, connecting (laughs) around this show. And so, no, that shouldn't even be the response to our disappointment watch something else yeah you know <laughs> while that's totally possible for us to just watch something else how about just make the show better that'd yeah. be great yeah like we'd like to not have to watch something else yeah. we'd like you to make this a better show yeah. that would be wonderful yeah and so we're hoping that chris chibnall uh will do that and that the whovian the hooniverse at large will support him in doing that um as he makes whatever changes uh we've already seen how the announcement of Jody uh, <laughs> as the new doctor has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been to thunderous applause and excitement <laughs> for some of us. Um, I cried. Yes. I think Eugenia did. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I woke, did I wake Sarai up? I think I woke Sarai up to tell her, uh, that the doctor was a girl. I did. <laughs> Sarai was actually out of town, I think, or she was at my mother's one or the other. And I woke her up to tell her that the new doctor <laughs> was a woman. And I was very pleased to hear her sleepy vo- voice go, Oh, yay. <laughs> The new doctor's a girl. <laughs> so that that's very exciting um, for many of us in the way of representation. Again, you know, women are avid Whovians, just like men and other folks, because there are more of us than people who are just men and women. There also are gender nonconforming and mm-hmm. non-binary folks. OK, mm-hmm. so all of us are represented in the universe and we want to see ourselves on the TARDIS. And so I'm very excited about the idea of a different iteration of the doctor. I'm even more excited about having a new showrunner. I'm really hoping that will be reflected in the people they have as script writers. Um, that maybe we will see more people of color who are able to get their hands on writing episodes of Doctor Who, please. Um, yeah. So we look forward to it with some hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, knowing that we have come out of what has been for us a disaster, a disaster of a season. Um, And since we're talking about the disaster of the season, I would like to talk about one of what I thought was the biggest huhs of the season. Mm. Nardal. Yeah. What? (laughs) So, okay. So when we were having our outline discussion, which we do before uh, we actually start recording, we kind of run through our notes and talk about what we're going to discuss during the recording. I told Eugenia that I had Nardole as a theme and that my bullet points were Nardole, WTF, why, what's his point? <laughs> so that is really my reaction to Nardole, which is what? Why? Mm-hmm. Like he was the one character that was kind of a funny one off to me. And I thought, oh, when I saw him, that was that he was kind of funny and cute and hilarious. And then when he popped up this season, I thought, oh, OK, maybe he'll only be around for an episode or two. But no. Yeah. He just stayed. And why? Why? Yeah, I don't, I still don't know what the point of him was. Cause it, 
Yeah, I don't know, except that Matt Lewis is somewhat popular, I guess, and so, and funny <sighs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not all that amused by him in mm-hmm. general. Isn't his name Matt Lewis? Lucas. Lucas, okay. Yeah. Did I just, I think I just named Neville Longbottom. I think that's Is his Matt name Lewis. Matthew Lewis? I think so. Maybe so. Okay, so not Neville. Not Neville. Nardle. Nardle. <laughs> uh, two little awkward dudes whose names start yes. with N. Um, yeah, so Matt Lucas is, I guess, popular with some people, although mm-hmm. I don't find him particularly amusing. But I could have understood him as a drop-in character for an episode or two. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he became a permanent part of the TARDIS. I still don't really understand what the point of him was um, and what we were supposed to get from that and what he was supposed to bring to the dynamic. I I don't really get it. Um, yeah, I don't really understand. I really think that the only rationale might have been, okay, well, we're still trying to honor the fact that this is a show that we want kids to watch. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was, he was the Jar Jar Binks of, um, of Doctor Who. Ugh. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, I think that was the idea. I don't think they actually executed it the right way, especially the point at which, and this is one of my notes that I put on here, uh, when he threatens to kick Bill's ass. What? Like, who is this? Jeffree Star? Yes. <laughs> like- oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So I just put my hands up in the air, y'all. <laughs> All right. So I howled when Eugenia said that she had written Nardal as Jeffree Star yes. in her notes. Because those of you who don't know, I am a licensed makeup artist. It's not what I do for my nine to five, but I've studied it. It's one of my passions. And so I always kind of keep my hand in that world, right? I'm also just an avid beauty addict and lover. And so I am a big consumer of the YouTube folks. (laughs) I have thoughts on (laughs) just Okay. I have thoughts on Jeffree Star in general. I have thoughts on Jeffree Star as a black woman. Um, but yes, I completely got what she meant when she put <laughs> Nardole as Jeffree Star because Nardole threatens to physically harm Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way is something that Jeffree Star has done to more than one black woman. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were supposed to laugh at that. Mm-hmm. I think we were supposed to find it cute endearing mm-hmm. amusing i did not find it any of those things and in fact i was horribly offended immediately yeah this white man whether he's supposed to be an alien or comic relief or whatever the hell he's supposed to be threatened to kick literally said kick i'll kick your ass literally threatened to kick the ass of the black woman on the tardis yeah and no. we were so and that was supposed to be something that played for laughs I right think. right and that's ridiculous yeah that's so ridiculous the only point in which he said anything that made me laugh was when he asked the doctor if he was having a feeling yeah that was the one point (laughs) that got a laugh out of me and that was it and so he's been in pretty much like two seasons now or one and a half seasons or whatever and he got one laugh out of me yeah not so good on the comic relief yeah please tell me he won't be back yeah Uh, we're we're totally we're totally good please no more we're totally good on mark nardall um i'm sure matt lucas is a lovely man but we're totally good on his character yeah um on doctor who and he can totally move on that would be just fine with us Mm -hmm. he was not amusing he was not of any use um we're totally fine with it and i was annoyed that here we are just the second time that a black woman is the companion on the TARDIS and she had to share it the right. entire time with this weirdo weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't you. Uh, no, he's not a weirdo. He, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. With this jerk. With this who jerk. threatened to harm her. physically. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that honestly, I still don't know who he's supposed to be. Like, I can't remember who he's supposed to be. And so like, 
that doesn't Did help. they ever really say right. who he's supposed like, to be? Oh, like, I remember seeing the ads for this season and being like, oh, 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 he's back? Right. Oh, like, why? why? Yeah. yeah. So. And eh. that was never really answered. Yeah. So if, if any of you guys have, like, a yeah. reason. Explanation. An explanation. Please explain. Yeah. Please um, explain <laughs> not all to us. Yes. Do not, though, expect us to agree with you just right. because you've given us what you think of as a reasonable explanation. Yeah. We're so, we're not those chicks. <laughs> no, we're not. No, I'm sorry. So those are, I believe, uh, all of our thoughts at this point, aren't they, on uh, uh, this yeah. season? Yeah. And so I, I think that we consider our file on Stephen Moffat to be closed and, you know, put in the black archives, never Thankfully. to be opened again. Thankfully. No more. Ooh, yeah. The Moffat years are over and we're glad to say <laughs> And it's sad because, like, he started with such promise. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when he started. Oh, he started with Amy. Yeah. Amy and, uh, a- Amy, Amy and, and Matt. Rory. And Matt. And Matt. Yay! Yay, Matt! <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, he started, uh, he started very he started strong. Off well. yeah. I was very excited because, um, I think he was the showrunner for this show that I love called Coupling. Yes. And he was such a big Doctor Who fan and that, the show has so many references to, uh, to the show, to, to Doctor Who. And so I was really excited because I loved his episodes, um, for like, d- while RTD was the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And so I was really looking forward to it. And I think at some point he got bored. He became that employee that's yes. just sitting there surfing, like surfing BuzzFeed all yes. day and coming in <laughs> late and eating everyone's lunches. Yep. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> not, no, not, not who I would give a, a good review. Yeah, of. he's not getting a good review from me. No. And we no. don't care what his exit interview says. Just, yes. you know, just leave. Just go now. Don't let We're the done. door hit you on the way out. We're done. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So yes. So we're happy that he's gone, but yes. So- we're throwing up the deuces to Moffat. Just- <laughs> Eugenia's laughing because I literally threw the Red deuces, deuces out. <laughs> yes. So with that, yeah. I think we consider our review on done. season ten done. And I'm happy I'm happy. This was probably the most somber um episode we've done of Woke Doctor Who so far. Yeah. Um and I'm hoping that we have no call to ever do as somber an episode again. We're hoping that the rest of the time we will be able, even when we're considering the hard topics, we'll be able to talk about them um, with joy and with laughter. That's that's what we seek to do here. And we're hoping that Chibnall and Jody will make it a little easier Jody. to do that. Yes. Yay. Fingers crossed. Fingers so crossed. Um, we're going to say, I don't want to go, but we kind of do want to go. We do want to go on we this really one. We really do want to go. But, but we don't want to leave you guys. Yes. So we don't want to go. You don't want to go. But we have to. Bye. Bye.